1: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar.
2: Johnny, this is Vincent Price. I'm calling from Hollywood.
3: Oh, sure. My name's Shirley Temple. Now, who is it and what... Really, Vincent Price?
2: Do I sound like Mickey Rooney?
3: Well, no. No. But now, tell me, Mr. Price. Now,
2: look, the name is Vincent.
3: Okay, Vincent, what can I do for you?
2: Johnny, I have a little problem in connection with one of my paintings, insured for $100,000. 100000
3: You call that a little problem?
2: This painting has suddenly disappeared.
3: Oh, I see. What's the insurance company?
2: Four State Mutual.
3: Oh, well, they have a small branch office right there in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, I know, but Bert Parker, the man who sold me the policy and should take care of this matter, well, every time I've called him, he's been out. And I learned just this morning that nobody knows where he is.
3: Okay, Vincent, I'll grab the first plane. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And now, Act One of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Four State Mutual Insurance Company Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the price of fame matter. Expense account item one, 178.50, Plain fare and Incidentals, Hartford, Los Angeles. By the time the big silver constellation made its landing at the International Airport, it finally dawned on me that I hadn't arranged with Vincent Price about where and how and what time I'd meet him. But as I picked up my luggage, I discovered a hungry looking crowd of autograph hounds feeling about the tall, gracious man I was looking for. Sure, sure. I'm glad to.
2: Look, but just one at a time. Will you please? I can't very well. All right, there there you are. Now I have to. be oh, Crazy. Just one more, please. Huh, Mr. Price. All right, if you insist. Here. Best wishes from T. Willie Rockinghorn. Huh? <laughs> how are you, Johnny? <laughs> oh, great, but I Johnny? didn't. Johnny, expect... Johnny, who? You mean yeah. to say you folks don't recognize Johnny Dollar? <gasps> oh no, wait a minute, boy, Johnny, give them all. I'll wait for you in my car. It's right over here at the curb. Yeah, but look, will you? Yeah, hey, here, Mister Dollar. I'm, I'm buddy. Please.
3: By the time I got away from that mob, I felt as though I'd been run through a ringer. But we finally took off in Vincent's car and drove to his beautiful home up in one of the canyons west of Beverly Hills. Nestled among the trees with spacious lawns and well-kept gardens, it's furnished in the most excellent taste. I know expert, but to say that I was impressed by the extraordinary works of art in that home would be the understatement of the week. Engravings, prints, fine sculptures, but most of all,
2: paintings. And even to my unpracticed eye, all of them were, well, magnificent. Here's a little thing I picked up in London, Johnny. It's called The Old Man in Red by Goya.
4: Wow.
2: Yeah, I thought original oils by him were found only in the big museum. Well, I've been pretty lucky in getting hold of some of these.
4: Yeah,
3: you've known what you were doing, too. Mm. You
2: like this one? It's called Fright It was painted by uh, Kenneth McManus. Uh Uh-huh, beautiful, beautiful, like all the rest of them. Thanks. How about this one, here at the end? Uh, Night Wind? Why, uh... I'm sorry, Vincent, I can't make out that name. You don't have this one lighted like the rest. No, that's to maintain its somber mood, Johnny. Oh. And that's what made it possible for the substitution of this copy to go undetected. That's a copy? Yeah, and that's my problem. The $100,000 Night Wind by Jean Baptiste has been stolen. This was left in its place. Oh, I see. It's not a bad copy, probably worth a couple of hundred dollars, but it's hardly a genuine Baptiste. Well, when did you discover this uh, substitution, Vincent? When I returned from a lecture tour early
3: last week. Oh, that's right. You've been traveling all over the country lecturing on art, Well, Let's you? call it talking about art, huh? Hmm? Tell me, have you notified the police about this?
2: Well, I suppose I should have. Well, I felt that was Bert Parker's job. And you haven't been able to reach him over at Four State Mutual? I told you on the phone, he hasn't been in his office for some time. Vincent, have you any theories about who might have done this? (sighs) Yes, I'm afraid I have. Why do you say it that way? Uh, Very few people knew I'd gotten hold of this Baptiste, only some close friends and a couple of art experts. So? And the place was not broken into during the time I was away. Of that, I'm sure... Well, go on. With the family and servants kept very close track of anyone who entered the house while I was gone. You have a list? Yes, I, I do have a list. Here. Good.
3: Alfred R. Hawkinson.
2: That's an electrician who came to do some wiring. He wouldn't know a Rembrandt from a Mickey Mouse.
3: Ann M. Um, Schumann. He's a
2: music teacher. Loves music, hates paintings. What about delivery boys? People like that? Oh, they never get beyond the back door. Go on, read on. Hmm? That next one is Ben, the gardener. You can forget about him. And Bert El... Huh? Yeah, Bert Parker. He was here twice. What for? Well, ostensibly to check on some of the paintings he'd insured. The first time, on the 11th, Mrs. Price was with him while he poked around. On the 15th, she had to leave to keep an appointment. And just when he left the house, nobody seems to know. Oh, brother. Are you thinking the same thing I am? Now, look, Johnny, I haven't known Bert very long, and... Well, he seemed like such a harmless little old fuddy-duddy. As for his knowledge of art... Yeah, I wondered about that. Well, he was perfectly satisfied to take my evaluation on the two or three things he'd insured. So, well, Johnny, I, I may be all wrong. Vincent,
3: a thing like this may only happen once in a thousand years. In any event, the company will certainly make good your loss.
2: Well, with a work of art, it isn't really the money that counts. And Johnny, listen. Look... I may have jumped to a completely unjustified conclusion about Bert Parker. Oh, yeah? Sure. Well, let's go down to his office and see.
1: We'll return to Johnny Dollar and the Price of Fame Matter. That's Vincent Price in just a moment. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Price of Fame Matter.
3: A priceless original oil painting. Stolen from the home of Vincent Price, famous radio and picture star. One of the few people who'd had the opportunity was the man who'd sold him the insurance on it, Bert Parker. Together, we went to Parker's office at Four State Mutual in downtown Los Angeles.
5: It was on the 16th that Mr. Parker phoned in to say he wasn't feeling very good and wouldn't be in for a day or two.
3: Hey, it was on the 15th that he was at your house, Vincent. Yes,
2: that's over two weeks ago. And you haven't heard from him since, Miss Pratt. No, Mr.
5: Darling. We've tried calling his apartment, but... Since there hasn't been anything really pressing here at the office, What's we the weren't...
2: address of his apartment, please?
5: Well, it's out in Westwood, 1308 Pandora Avenue.
2: Look, Vincent, I'm going out there. I'll call you if I find you. You're going to need transportation, aren't you, Jeremy?
3: By the highest price chauffeur in the country? Sure, why not?
5: Oh, uh, be, uh, before you go, Mr. Price, I wonder if... <laughs> <laughs> if I could
2: have your autograph. So why didn't you get Johnny Dollars, Miss Britt? He huh? loves to give them. Oh, oh. yes. Oh, no. I... No, you don't, Benson. Let's go.
3: It took a little persuading, but the landlord at Britt's apartment finally led us into his four-room suite. It was empty, except for a few old clothes, and it was obvious that he'd packed and left in a hurry. I rummaged around in the closets, tables, bureau for a clue as to where he might have gone, and came up with nothing.
2: You give up, Johnny? Yeah, Vincent, I'm afraid so. I poked around that desk some more after you'd finished with it and found this wedged in behind a drawer. Oh. Travel folder. Paris. Yeah, it looks real fresh, too. Minor travel agency, Beverly Hills. Well, what do you think? Oh, pretty much of a long shot, Vincent. But they do pay off sometimes, don't they?
3: Planned a trip for myself, yes, sir. First class all the way.
2: What was the departure date, Mr. Minor?
3: 16th, first class, straight to Paris. Oh,
2: brother, Paris is a pretty big place. Did you make any arrangements for him for after he got there?
3: Only for when he arrived. Reservation at the Louvois. The, what?
2: The hotel Louvois. <laughs> the Louvois, perhaps.
3: That's what I said. Oh. First class, too. Said he wanted something not too far from the Montmartre.
2: Uh, Montmartre, if you don't mind.
3: That's what I said, yes. Yeah. Now... Can I fix you gentlemen up with some plane reservations, too? Well, suppose you
2: give me the same flight he took, and I'll stop at the same hotel when I get there. Hey, wait a minute, Johnny. You're not going to leave me
3: out of this. Well, look, I'm still playing a long shot, Vincent, a very long one. What's the difference? Also, I don't
2: know if my expense account will get by the home office. Spence account, forget it. I'm having a ball. Mr. Miner, start making those reservations. Expense
3: account item 2, $984 for the plane to Paris. Well, it turned out to be the most interesting flight I've ever made because of the company of Vincent Price, an amazing conversationalist. He could talk about anything, including art, and he has a tremendous sense of humor. So, as he put it, we had a ball from the time we took off in L.A. till the time we sat down in Le Bourget. Item 3, 520, American, taxi into the Hotel Louvois, where the manager was, uh... Well, somewhat helpful. Oh,
5: mais oui, mais oui. The Monsieur Parker uh, livers bought only two days ago, after some uh, slight misunderstanding about uh, l'addition. the, the deal.
3: Eh? Yeah, you mean he was running out of money? Uh,
2: Monsieur, I did not say that. But that's what you meant, isn't it? You don't want really to spend his time around here. Mm, but of course, his business, he say, took him constantly
3: to uh, Montmartre. Where in Montmartre? ha, <laughs> ha. Who is to know? Ah, that's like saying somewhere in Brooklyn. Ah, Brooklyn? Uh, Perhaps you know my
2: cousin Johnny. uh, uh, He wasn't Johnny. uh, I uh, uh, I, uh, just got an idea. Shoot. Works of art, even very good ones, are sometimes sold in rather well, rather unorthodox ways. They they go through some rather strange hands. They're not always sold over the counter, so to speak, by reputable dealers. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. But how to
2: contact the kind of people who might? You got any ideas? Uh, why don't you just go on up to our suite and sit tight for a while, hmm? I'll see what I can dig up. You are keeping something from me, Vincent? Mm-hmm. But, Johnny, there are some things even Funk keeps from Wagners. I'll see you later. Act three
1: of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. And now, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the price of fame matter.
3: All of gay, romantic Paris, just outside the door, and time on my hands. So what did I do? Took Vincent Price's advice, went back to my room at the Hotel Lavoie, and waited. Two, three, four hours. Finally, shortly after 8 p.m., Vincent came in bearing a couple of packages.
2: Ah, sorry to have made you wait, Johnny, but, uh... I think I'm on the trail of something. Looks to me like you've been on a shopping spree. Props, Johnny, for you. Have you found out where Bert Parker is? No, but I think you will. Here, try this on. What's this all about? A 10-gallon hat. Yeah, I had to guess at your
3: size. Where in in Paris did you find
2: this? Try it on. Oh, what are you... Holy... What am I supposed to be, a refugee from Texas? Exactly. You made it in oil wells. Your name is Matthew. Huh? You're over here to see the sights, all the wild nightlife you've heard about, the folie Bergere, rue Blondel, Plastigal. Here, try on this shirt. Oh, brother. Look, I don't know what this is all about, but hadn't we better get something to eat? Try it on. If you don't take me to one of the world-famous restaurants in this town. Maybe tomorrow. Huh? Yeah, that's good. That shirt's going to be all right. What do you mean, tomorrow? Here, now, stick this genuine, simulated, imitation diamond-type stick pin in the front. Now, wait a minute. I'll do it for you. Yeah, well...
1: What the sam? There
2: you are, and with this big hunk of glass on your finger. There, now, look at you. Oh, you look. I'm hungry. Well, maybe you'll even get food where you're going. Now, where do you think I'm going in this rig? To a little joint on the Rue Blondel called the Bal Macabre. Now, what am I supposed to do there, if I go there? Sit around, look prosperous, and see what happens. Oh, Vincent. Remember, you made it in oil, millions. Yeah, but Vincent... Also, you... you're interested in art, and your name is Matthew. Look, Vincent. will you? On your way, Johnny. The taxi that's waiting for you out front knows exactly where to take you.
4: The
3: Balma Camera was really a joint. It was dirty, and the people packed like sardines in it were dirty, too. Characters who made a business of being characters. And everybody screamed at everybody else. Except that is for the wormy little man who sidled up to the postage stamp sized table on which my glass and a
6: bottle of wine were balanced. You have down. You you are Mr. Matthews, are you not? That's right. From Texas? No. Oh, uh,
3: yes, sir, partner. The great and glorious state of Texas. Sit down
6: and pour yourself a glass of this here ready. Who are you? They call me La Chagri. What's that mean? Well, uh, what you call the gray cat. (laughs) Hey, that's cuter than the name of my old friend Coyote Bill. Well, do you enjoy the Paris nightlife? Oh, you know something? I'm getting fed up with it. Yeah, I think I'll
3: just buy me a couple of nice pictures and go on back home.
6: What kind of pictures, monsieur?
3: Well, good ones. Oil pictures. Like that Mona Lizzie I seen at the Louvre. You know, good ones on me. For well, like a Jean-Baptiste, perhaps. You mean you know where a man could get a hold of a genuine one of them?
6: Well, for
3: a price, of
6: course. Well,
3: listen, I got money and I'll spend it. Why, I offered them $500,000 for that Mona Lizzie, but they turned me down. But if I could
6: get a hold of a genuine Baptiste... Well, partner, you just name the price. Oh, well, I make no promises, mon ami. But I, I do have a friend... And for a slight consideration... Name uh, your price and take me to it. I will be waiting for you at the corner with the taxi. Uh, That is what you call OK? OK. I shall be waiting. I'll be there, partner. You bet I will.
3: And I'd certainly like to know how Vincent set this up. The taxi dropped us off at one of the most disreputable-looking apartments in the whole of Paris. My friend, who called himself the Great Cat, looked carefully around before entering the front door. Then we climbed four flights of a dark, musty
6: stairway. Now, remember, my friend, you are not to pay the price he asks at first. If you like, I will make the arrangements for you. Now, that
3: would be right friendly of you, partner. But how would you come out on
6: this? Well, all I ask, monsieur, is 10% of what you pay. And
3: maybe a little extra from him for bringing me up here?
2: Oh,
6: monsieur. Oh, now
3: don't give me that part. Now, I've been around. I'm wise to how you fellas operate. But if I can get a hold of a real,
6: genuine Baptiste. You will see. Yes? Who is it? I have brought a friend, Monsieur Matthews from Texas. Yes. He would like to buy the night wind by Batiste. That is, if it's genuine. Genuine? Of course it's genuine. There on the table. Can't you see for yourself that it's the original? Oh no.
3: Well, well, Bert Parker.
6: Johnny Dollar.
3: That's right. Insurance investigator. Investigate you?
6: Oh, I will. I just remember somebody is waiting for me. That's right. I am. But you... Mr. Price.
4: Oh, no.
2: Oh, well, don't you, Price, but I must go. Without please. your fee for please. taking care of Mr. Dollar?
3: Listen. Listen, both of you, please. I'll give you back the painting. I'll do anything you ask. Oh, I'll
2: drop that. Oh, dear. Oh,
3: dear. Well, Vincent,
2: there it is. Yep. And it looks like the company has saved a cool $100,000. I, um, I have a confession to make about that, Johnny.
3: Yeah, like how you happened to know the way to the painting through that squirmy little fellow who brought me here?
2: Oh, well, that's how I got hold of the Baptiste in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely thing, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And Johnny, it is worth 100000 Oh, I'm sure. But the truth of the matter is I paid only $300 for it. You paid... Oh, no. The a fact. <laughs> well, you've got it back, thanks to your own efforts. <laughs> thanks to your being the front man. If I'd tried to get it back myself, these people would have run like scared rats. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, just tell me one thing, will you? Why aren't you an insurance investigator? Well, you know, it's every man to his own. <laughs> well, after all, why aren't you an actor? Uh... Yeah, let's get out of here.
3: This position of Bert Parker, well, that's entirely up to the company. Vincent, now that he has the painting back, doesn't care one way or the other. However, from the company's standpoint, well, it's not the kind of black eye that's good for you. Expense account total, including incidentals and transportation back to the States, $2,341. Remarks? Well, to Vincent Price, my eternal Thanks. Not only for the help on this case, but most of all because it's given me a chance to really know him. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Our star will return in just a moment. Now
3: here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week the heart of sunny southern Jersey and a case that took a very sudden, very strange twist. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Oh, good, good. Huh? Uh, Johnny, this is Ben Pringle. Ben, how are you? Still selling insurance for Star Mutual? No, not anymore. Oh, that's right. You were talking about retiring. And I have retired. Yes, you year ago I quit the insurance business and bought myself a poultry farm. Well, good for you. Where is it, Ben? It's right here in Vineland, New Jersey. And how's it going? Oh, terrible, John. It's terrible. Oh? Huh? And I think of all the pretty chickens that I've lost. Well, what seems to be the trouble? Johnny, somebody's trying to put me out of business. Well, I don't know who or why or how, but, Ben, if I can be of any help to you. You can, Johnny, you can. I was going to call Star Mutual because everything I have is insured pretty heavily, but first I thought I'd make sure that you're available. For you, anytime. Well, then, Come on down here, will
4: you? In the meantime, I'll notify the company that you're on the way. Just give me
3: your address and I'll be on my way. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, Act One of Yours Truly,
1: Johnny Dollar.
3: Account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Star Mutual Insurance Company Home Office, New York, New York. Following is the account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the sick chick matter. Mm-hmm. Item one, 1050, train for an incidentals, Hartford to Philadelphia. There, to be sure of adequate transportation, I rented a car. That's item two, fifty 50 bucks deposit. The 35-mile drive south on Route 47 was uneventful, and I finally turned left onto Vineland's main street, Landis Avenue. Vineland, the heart of sunny Southern Jersey. At least that's what the sign said. It's a busy little city, Landis Avenue, a busy street. Finally, I stopped at a mobile gas station on the far edge of town to ask about the address Ben Pringle had given me. Just keep going straight out Landis Avenue for about five, six miles till you come to East Vineland. East Vineland, huh? Yeah, then you turn right, go about a mile, mile and a half, you can't miss it. If you can pick it out from the rest of the poultry farm, A lot of them, huh? Vineland's the egg basket of the world. Where do you suppose Philadelphia, New York, and the rest get all their eggs and chicken? Yeah, well, I'd better get underway. Thanks a lot. Anytime, mister. The gas attendant was right. There were enough chicken ranches in the outlying sections to supply half a dozen cities. And trying to pick out the one belonging to Ben Pringle was a problem. Finally, to ask further directions, I pulled up at the nearest farmhouse. Yeah, what do you want? I'm looking for Mr. Ben Pringle's
5: place. Please. Oh, Ben Pringle, he's uh, right next door. Oh, oh the poor man. Poor man? He, yes, uh, he's a uh, come down here from New York. he to uh, spend all his money, and what happens? He's a uh, gonna lose his flock.
3: Doesn't know much about raising chickens, huh?
5: Ah, oh, he's a uh, don't know nothing. Joe, my old man, he's a uh, try to tell him when he come here. It's a uh, take more than a money to raise the chicken. So why don't he get out? Why don't he sell out before he spends all this money and lose everything?
3: You uh, think that's what he ought to do, Mrs.? See?
5: Uh i new and in Sule. My older man, he's Joe and Suley. What's your name? Johnny, darling. Well, then if you more new know you tell him. He's like all the rest. Oh, how do you mean? Oh, they make us some money in the big city. They want to do what you call retire on it. So? So they're coming down here, buy a nice piece of farmland. We got the plenty nicer farmland here. I can see that. So they think all that they need is some chicken houses, some chicken feed. And then all that they got to do is collect the eggs and make a lot of money. But it's not that easy. Then huh. the Pringle, he's going to listen to us anymore. He's going to lose his flock. He's going to have to sell out cheap. He's a loser short. And his farm goes to rank and roll. Uh huh. And that's when somebody else comes in. Somebody he's to know how to raise the chickens. They buy them up cheap. Oh?
3: Is that how you got this big place of yours? Oh,
5: sure. We start with a little place. We work hard. We make a little money. Then, when somebody like him comes along, we buy him out. We got a nicer, bigger place.
3: That sort of thing happened very often around here, Mrs. Renzulli? Oh,
5: sure. All of the time. You ask Tony Pasquale. Now, he's got a big phone. You ask Carmen Gennaro. Same thing. You know Tommy Bernasconi? Uh, no. We ask him. Same thing. Same thing that. What's the matter, huh?
3: Oh, uh, I, I was just thinking, Mrs. Rensuli. It's uh, pretty much to your advantage to see these people go broke, isn't it?
5: No, you're just the one man. Frank,
3: though, isn't it?
5: Look, I don't know who you are, what you want, what's your business. My business is finding
3: out why Ben Pringle's having trouble. Maybe who is causing it. You
5: get out of here. I don't like it the way you talk.
3: Sure. I don't think I like you. Yeah? Maybe you'll like me even less after I've talked to Ben Pringle. How about that?
5: Get out! Jolly, I'm glad
3: you can make it, Johnny. <laughs> yes, sir, Sit down. Sit down. Yeah. Well, from what I hear, Ben, you're having a pretty rough time of it. Oh, I suppose it's my own fault, Johnny. Walking into a project like this without knowing more about it. Well, how deep have you gone into this land? Oh, my, too deep, Johnny, too deep. All in all, i spent nearly $40,000. That's just about all I have. And most of us had to go for replacing my herd. Herd? Yeah, my herd of chickens. Oh. And I thought it'd be so easy, you know, just buy a few hundred chickens. Yeah, throw them some feed, collect yeah. the eggs, collect the money. Yes, and I'd be fixed up for like, oh, dear, there are more diseases a chicken can catch. Yeah, more lice and bugs. And, oh, I this. this. Hey, Ben, you, uh, you said somebody, something about somebody's trying to put you out of business. That's right, Johnny, and I'm sure of it. But why, I don't know. I didn't know I had an enemy in the world. What's going wrong? Well, just wait till you see my herd of chickens. And if you don't agree with me that... Oh, I'm sure you'll agree with me. About what? That they're being course, poisoned, by, that's what. By whom?
5: I think I know.
3: Oh, yes, sir. Well? By somebody who'd like to see me go broke. So that he could buy you out cheap. Who, Ben? I'll tell you who. Because he wants to add my property to his. And he's right next door. And his name is Joe Renzulli. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment.
5: And now for another episode in the life of Sergeant Donald Bellwether, my husband. Reba!
3: Reba! What is it, Donald? Confound it, Reba, I can't find the fountain pen. I've looked all through this desk. Here it is, dear. Mm, Here it
5: is. You must have used it as a marker when you were reading this book. Let's see, this great literary classic six-gun showdown at Powder River Gulch.
3: All right, never mind about my reading habits. Just look at the coverage we're going to get with this new auto accident policy.
5: Mm-hmm, let's see. have yeah,
3: collision. Mm-hmm, $50 deductible.
5: Fire, theft, public liability, property damage, medical benefits. In other words, we have complete coverage. That's right.
3: Of course, it's going to cost us money. I'm sending the company a check right now. Gee, it's too bad we don't live in Rhode Island.
5: Rhode Island? Why? Well,
3: because then our rates would be lower. Rhode Island has less accidents per capita than any other state. Oh.
5: Which state has the highest?
3: Let me see. Uh, Oh, here here it is, Nevada.
5: No, by golly, Nevada's second highest.
3: Alaska has the most.
5: Really? I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too bad we can't eliminate traffic accidents completely. Not only would it save life and land, but it'd be a lot less stray on the pocketbook. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure.
3: These automobile accident policies get more expensive every year. Just because there's so many costly
5: accidents. Well, I'm glad we've got some good insurance coverage, Donald. But just remember one thing. Oh, what's that, honey? Well, some auto accidents ruin a fender and some ruin a family.
1: Yeah, that's true. Very true.
5: But as far as I'm concerned, I don't want any of your old insurance money. I want you here at home, safe and sound. You always drive carefully, won't you?
1: Yes, I will oh,
5: That's my Donald. That's my doll. <laughs>
3: Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the sick chick matter. Ben, you're sure the Joe is trying to kill off your flock, put you out of business? Yes, the Joe Rinsley, and I'm sure of it. But just wait till you see him. Johnny, I have got the sickest of chickens you ever saw. Okay, Ben, let's take a look at them. So I'm afraid I don't know much about the critters. You don't have to. Anybody could tell. Just anybody. Come on. Come on. Have you talked with a vet about them? Ha, sure I have. Finest vet in the county, too. Dr. Goldhaft. Why, he has a regular laboratory. He's known all over the world. He's the one that cured him with the cholera and the hepatitis and the sinusitis and the coxistatitis, ptosis. Johnny... After I've called him in so many times, he even gave me a book. A book? Yes, he did. So that I'd know what all the diseases were and, well, so I wouldn't have to make him drive all the way out here when I'd just forgotten to give the hens their land mash or or enough water or something like that. You'd forget to... Well, no wonder you've had trouble with your flock. And I... uh, Well, I guess I was kind of a nuisance to him too, but I did so want my herd to be a good one and... Lay a lot of eggs for me. Well, what does the vet say about what ails them now? Well, I haven't told him. You haven't told him? Well, see, I'm afraid I still owe him a pretty big bill. Yeah, but look, Ben, I... Huh? I looked in the book. I looked in the book, Johnny. And there's nothing in it about the way they are.
0: There is not a word.
3: And that's why I sent for you. But, Ben, I told you, I don't know anything about them. Of course, if you're right, if they're being poisoned... Oh, let's take a look
4: at it. Yes, yes. You'll see. You'll see.
3: There. you got a nice looking layout, I'll say that. Nice new houses for them. Big fenced in yards, or whatever you call them. And there's plenty of room for them. To... Oh! There, there, yes, sir. You see? Uh, they're all so sad looking. They're just so sad and petulant. As though they're holding against me for whatever ails those poor cool little things. So help me. I've never seen it. Do chickens ever suffer from the blind staggers? You mean know, the blind staggers? Would it be like horses? Get... Oh, no, sir. No, I'm sure. Because it isn't in the book.
4: And if it isn't in the book... You know...
3: Dan, you're sure you haven't been spiking their drinking water with some of your private stock? Oh, why, of course not, Johnny. You know, you are my one insurance contact who always suggested the nip of that bottle you kept on your desk. Oh, now, Johnny, Boy, these chickens sure look... Hey, you said you feed him a lane, man. It's right here in the shed. Come on. But, uh, what are you thinking of? Well, if any of that stuff should get good and wet and ferment. Oh, no, no, no. It's as sweet and dry as the day I bought it from Jake Rubinoff. <laughs> there. Uh, see that? You see what I mean? Where's Jake Rubinoff? Uh, he's the biggest feed dealer in town. Yeah, it certainly smells all right. Yeah, it is all right. Oh, no, it's My herd has been poisoned. And you suspect Joe Ranzulli on the next farm? Of course I do. Wasn't he one of the people who tried to help you get started when you first came down here? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes, he pretended to. But I can see now is just to look over my nice place and see how much he can get his hands on when I go broke. Well, if you had some concrete reason for thinking he might be poisoning your farm... I've seen him. Yes, I have. I've seen him with my own eyes. Come right over here at night several times. What? And scatter something over the fence into my pens out of a big sack. What was it? Now the time was daylight and I could see the chickens had eaten it all. You sure it was Renzuli? Of course I am. Okay, Okay. Ben. I'm going over and talk with him. I went back to the farm next door. I found Joe Renzuli in one of his sheds. Tall, husky, and well tanned, he was hard at work building some kind of an affair with a large wooden frame. There, he's finished. Like I say, Mister Dollar, you're keeping the chickens in a cage up off the ground. They're more healthy. You get them more fat, you bring a better price in the market. <laughs> yeah. How you like that? Huh? I asked you a question, Mr. Rensuli. I'd like an answer. Now. All right. All right, I tell you. I think you better. It's because I try to help the poor man without his find out. So I throw it over the fence at night when he's in O.C. Throw what over the fence? Well? Yeah. It's a suck. You see? In this one. XLNC Vitagro Supple. That's right. The vitamins. them? Right, um, He's a chicken. Sir. They're sick. He don't know what to do. He's a waste all his money. He's a nice palace or a... I help him. You sure that bag doesn't contain some kind of poison? Uh, poison. Poison? Yeah. No. Where'd you get that stuff? Jake Rubinoff Feed Store. What are you trying to accuse me of? Nothing. Yet. I'm going to try to help the poor man. That's all. You don't like that? I want a sample of that stuff. Sure. Take all you want. So what are you going to do? Well, it's too late now, but in the morning, I'm going to take it into town to the feed place and check on it. You go ahead. And believe me, if there's anything wrong with it, I'm coming back here with the police in tow. Police? You better talk, Rensoling. You don't understand. You don't know. A small place like this, you've got to stay friends with everybody. Huh? You make trouble for people, it's no good. What are you talking about? You... Your neighbor, is your friend. Oh, sure, just like you're a good friend of Ben Pringle. Yeah, that is so. But you're protecting somebody who's poisoning his chicken. No,
5: that's a big lie.
3: Then what's all this double talk? Why are you so afraid I'll bring the police out here? Well, I am um, not. I mean... Or maybe you've done something you're afraid they'll tag you for, is that it? No,
4: that is wrong.
3: Fact remains, you know something about Ben Pringle's trouble with his flock.
4: I tell you, I
3: tell you. You've told me nothing. Okay, I'll find out for myself.
5: Ah, yeah. yeah,
3: good. That is good. Huh? You no live here. You find out. That's all, all right. That's the good. Find out what? You, you find out. And that's all I could get out of. And on the way back to Ben Pringle's farm, I suddenly began to wonder if I hadn't stepped into something more than just a bunch of sick chicks. You know something? As it turned out, I certainly had.
1: truly Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Do you know who said, absolute freedom of the press to discuss public questions is a foundation stone of American liberty? Those words were said by former President Herbert Hoover. Mr. Hoover was well aware of the important role that freedom of the press had played in the creation and growth of the United States of America. He realized that without freedom of the press, no democratic form of government could exist. One of the first steps in the path toward totalitarianism is the creation of a controlled press. A free press hampers the work of a potential dictator. When the press is free, the people of a country are free. When the press is not free, the people of a country are in danger of slavery. Remember the words of Herbert Hoover. They are part of your American heritage. Freedom of the press... He's a foundation stone of American liberty. And now, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Sick Chick Matter.
3: By the time I got back to Ben Pringle's place, he had spread something that passed for supper on the kitchen table. Hey, just help yourself here, Johnny. There's plenty
5: more in the store. Yeah. If, I, if I don't cook the best canned beans you ever eat, mm, uh, I should,
3: yeah. Aren't unless You have some ketchup. Hey, look, Van, As I told you, I got nothing out of Joe and except a powerful feeling that he's protecting one of your neighbors around here. Well, uh, you know how it is out in the country this way, Johnny. A man who tells on his neighbors, well, he's He's an outcast. Hey, maybe that's why Ranzuli didn't mind if I could find out what's going on here for myself. I still think he's doing it. Yes, sir. Whose place is that on the other side? I noticed a brand new Lincoln out front. Oh, oh all right, yes. Well, he's a nice young man. <laughs> oh, he's real nice. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, John Culpepper. He came up here from the south. <laughs> I can tell that by the way he talks. Well, what's he do? Oh, he uh, just lives like that. Oh, he has some of the gayest parties. But... <laughs> young men, young women. All he wants to drink. Oh, no wonder you like him. If he can scrounge drinks from him. Oh, well, I have tried to drop him. I'm not there, but he's always just shoved a bottle in my hand and told me to come back here and enjoy it by myself. <laughs> uh, and who am I to refuse a nice gesture like that? That barn in back of this place. Horses? Cows? Oh, no, no, no animals. of any kind.
1: The funny thing, though. Yeah?
3: Well, I'm a very sound sleeper, you know, Johnny. Very. But I'm sure that I've heard some big trucks pulling in there at night. And I've often wondered about it. And... Well, then I just went right back to sleep. Ben, have you got a flashlight I can use? Oh, well, sure, Johnny, I have. I'll get it for you. You're... Why? What are you going to do? Let's uh, call it a little exploring. The night was warm, and some of Ben's chickens were still out in the yard. They were gathered by a section of the fence right next to the neighbor, Mr. Culpepper's barn. Then I noticed something else, a well-worn path from that barn to the fence. Funny. Quietly as possible, I climbed over the fence and worked my way to the barn. There was a light on somewhere inside of it. And then... Then I caught it. A faint piercing odor that I hadn't smelled so help me since I'd worked on a case down in the hillbilly country of Kentucky. I sneaked over to a crack at one of the barn doors. Inside, I could see cases and cases of bottles and the outline of a huge copper still. Moonshot.
1: Stand still, Mr. Huh? do Don't you move, sir. I'll blow your head off. Revenue,
3: huh? Revenue. I've seen you poking around Renzulis and Pringles today, and I figured you might be dropping in. No, keep your hands up. Oh, now look, Culpepper. No, you look. If you'll reach inside the pocket of my jacket, you'll find a card case that'll show you who and what I am.
6: You know, I might just do that now. But don't you try anything funny. Keep right up over your head.
3: If you'd like this flashlight. Don't
6: move. There's
3: enough light coming through the crack in this door. door. Now, you stand still while
1: I... Johnny Dollar. Insurance, Insurance investigator? That's right. Well, then you... Then what are you doing here?
3: Culpepper, Pepper. The only interest I have in you still is what it's doing to Ben Pringle's chickens. What's that? Yeah, and in getting this no, gun away. You no, know, I'll shoot you out. No,
4: you don't. Here we go.
5: Look, I'll make a deal with you. Say, uh, a couple of thousand dollars to keep your mouth shut about my still? I told
3: you, I don't care about your still. Then I don't get it. That's out of my bailiwick. All I care about it... Wait a minute. You make whiskey out of mash. Have you been dumping sour mash over Pringle's fence? Oh, sure, to destroy the evidence. (laughs) Holy smoke. Then all that's wrong with Ben's chickens is that they're drunk. Boiled to the gills. You mean to say that old used... Yeah, I mean to say. Now, come on. I think you and Ben had better have a little talk. So they talked, Ben and Culpepper. In exchange for not being reported, Culpepper agreed to pay my expense account, Ben's veterinary bills, and to move out of the county. Oh, I, I suppose I should have notified the local authorities of what was going on. But isn't that really a job for the company? After all, like I said... It is out of my bailiwick. Hey, you know something? The stuff Culpepper was turning out in that old barn wasn't half bad. Expense account total to the company, nothing. Yours, truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: dollar starring bob bailey originates in hollywood and is produced and directed by jack johnstone who also wrote today's story heard in our cast were lucille meredith howard mcnear gill stratton jack moyles and sam edwards be sure to
3: join us next week same time and station for another exciting story of yours truly johnny dollar this is dan Coverly speaking
0: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too